I'm so excited to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Max One. Uh, this is a partnership that came across to us recently. And when I got to talk to Jason Majure, the, the president CEO of the company, man, did I ever say this is a product as a coach that I want and I am going to use because he has taken, and I'm a coach that's coached, as you know, for 45 plus years that everything for me is written down. Everything's on note paper. And then, you know, and I've tried to make the transition to technology, but today's athletes, the kids that we're working with, the, the players that we have to connect with, they spend up to six hours a day with their eyes on a mobile device. So why not put their training? Why not put all the information we want to get to them on that? So Max One Platform was designed to put powerful tools at the fingertips and to give your program an edge. Max One's easy-to-use mobile app and online hub provides a single hub for all team communications instantly accessible from any device. Max One allows you to deliver custom strength and skill workouts right to an athlete's phone. Max One also allows athletes to track results and post to live leaderboards while creating an atmosphere of accountability and competition. Now, I've found that Max One is probably the most user-friendly and convenient platform that I've seen. And it's the thing that makes it so great for me, it's, it's your availability to stay connected to your team. I've often said it's important that we continue to learn how to effectively communicate with our younger generation of players. Max One has achieved that goal and has given coaches a platform to do just that. I've been blown away by all the tools that they offer to their users. I highly recommend without any reservation that you purchase Max One for your team or athletic department. Whether you're a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, in any sport, Max One is by far the most affordable coaching tool to help take you to the next level. For more information about Max One, schedule a quick demo on the Max One website or email Zach Phillips. Zach P at GoMaxOne.com. I'm going to spell it for you Z A C H P at G O M A X O N E.com. I think you're really going to enjoy it, and I look forward to you joining our team at Max One. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast. This is the coach, Brendan Sir, and uh, today we're taking a little different twist. We're going to youth basketball, uh, such an important part, boys and girls, young ones from second, third grade, all the way up to what I call, whether it be it up to seventh, eighth grade. Uh, the biggest thing is that they get off to a good start. They learn how to play, learn the fundamentals, and really have fun. Uh, someone that I've known for 35 plus years from when I was coaching the Pistons, has now, since he's spent coaching in college and retired from coaching in college, has dedicated himself to coaching his three daughters and now his eighth grader. Uh, and he's really come up with some great ideas and a great book. So after this time out, you're going to hear from the old man in the gym, Bob Taylor. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. 
Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Jish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. FastModel has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy to use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. Doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Hey, welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And today I am so excited. I have Bob Taylor. Bob Taylor was a coach at Oakland University, which many people don't know where the bad boys had their practice facility when they were world champs. And so all the time I got to go in and see Greg Campy, one of my great friends, still the head coach there, Bob Taylor, and this young kid who is a, I guess we would call Brian Gregory a point guard, <laughs> and, uh, you know, who was a player then at Okanu. So it was a great place where Chuck Daly and I used to go in. At that time, Bob, it was really kind of a high school gym, not like the beautiful facility they have now, is was it? It was antiquated. It was an older gym that was really an intramural building, if, if it was that, and they did their best to adapt it. Um, but it certainly wasn't what they're playing in now. And I want to say I was very, very thankful for the time that you and Coach Daly, I always say those are some of the best coaching lessons I ever learned was you guys allowing us to watch your practices and then talk to us afterwards. It was a great, um, a great thing in my life. Chuck and I were so damn excited that someone at least would listen to us. Isaiah and Rodney <laughs> and Lambert, they wouldn't listen. So at least, at least you and Greg and stuff would listen to us. And uh, you know, but it, it, you know, it was so fun. I mean, now these 
NBA teams have uh, just incredible practice facilities. Like, so, and 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 I think that some of the the best team in the world could practice in a facility. Our players would come up in a snowstorm, practice, wouldn't even shower, put a towel on them, a winter coat, and go back, shovel snow off their car, and drive home. <laughs> and I think about it nowadays, uh, just would not happen. We feed them; they have meals now. Oh, it's amazing, but. The thing that I'm so excited about, you know, Bob, is as you left Oakland, you went on, you had a terrific career, and you were coaching women's basketball up in what some folks would call northern Michigan, up in this Tri-Cities area of Saginaw, Midland, uh, you know, and and I love that area. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, you and I keep in touch, and I find out that you're really doing a lot with your girls, of course, and you're now your young son of developing them and coaching them, which is really a thrill. I, I wouldn't coach my kids because they wouldn't listen, but uh, but I, I thought that was great. And then, and then, of course, now you've gotten to the point where you've done all the AAU stuff and everything, but now you've come across what I think is so cool, the right way to coach young people. How did you stumble upon that? Well, I started, when I got let go, I came up to Northwood University, and then I started coaching the men, and I got let go, had some really good years. You know, I look back at my career, I had 500 wins, I was able to take a men's and women's team to the NCAA tournament, but what Coach Vitale said, everybody gets a Ziggy, and I got it, and (laughs) I started coaching my fifth grade daughter. And at that time, I'm basically unemployed. Well, what can I do? You know, and I'm substitute teaching and I'm trying to give basketball lessons. And then I start coaching her team and I'm looking at the system and I said, this can't work. You know, um, I had the advantage of, I guess, beginning with the end in mind. What does a high school coach or what does a college coach want? So we just began with the end in mind. And um, I'm coaching these kids to make the high school team rather than coach these kids to win a sixth grade championship. And that's one of the things I put in my book. That's a huge choice that a youth coach has to make. If they want to win at grade level, my book's probably not their answer. If they want to develop a player to make the high school team, I really feel that God put me in a, in a, in a special place and that I coached for 30 years and now I'm coaching my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the long story short to it is in fifth and sixth grade, we had a team in town that would beat us in Midland, Michigan by 25, 30 points. Eighth grade, we won the AU state championship. Everybody made varsity as a freshman. And in 2017, every one of those kids played in college. So I feel that it's what I'm doing is, it's a proven thing. This isn't a theory. This is something I actually did. And I saw the pitfalls of travel. Um, like I put in my intro, I kind of swam the waters of the Shawshank Redemption. You know, <laughs> I, I was in that muck. I was in the situation where I saw the refs and I saw the coaches and the other coaches that were coaching to win. And, and I, I just feel like I, we just kept our eye on the end in mind. And what do they want? And the basic thing I found was that Kids don't play in driveways and parks anymore. Yeah. They're not playing in the streets or the open gyms. So I found a way to bring that to our youth practices, um, bring get them involved to teach what I call instincts and concepts 
along with fundamentals. So here's the thing that really got me, and one of the things I loved. You do so many unique things, and one of the things, having watched my son play as a little kid, is every kid, when they could touch the ball, they would either dribble right away or they would shoot the ball right away, even if they couldn't shoot because the parents were yelling at him to shoot. Okay. <laughs> and so and so you came, you came up with something called the original green light test. And I said, "You know what? This shit will work for college and pro." <laughs> and, and 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 I mean it. And and uh, talk about that because you know, we'll have 100,000 coaches that'll be listening to this podcast from all 75 countries around the world. And and the thing that is unique is that the things that we're going to talk about today, having read the book and knowing you for 35 years, is that this stuff applies to whatever level you're coaching, high school, well, college, or pro. Well, well, thank you. See, and that one of the things I try to stress in the book that we have to develop a player's IQ. Mm-hmm. And I found right away that poor shot selection destroyed the player's IQ. Like when I started watching the kids, if they traveled, they're going to get yelled at by the coach, which is a topic for later in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I hope, you know, yelling at kids. But if they turn the ball over, if they traveled, if they stepped out of bounds, they're going to, there's going to be heck to pay. But if they shot it, it's a get out of jail card. Oh, I shot. Well, coach never yells at anybody for shooting, so I can shoot. So the biggest battle we had with parents early was that it was shot selection. Well, you let Ellie shoot, who's my daughter, who's fifth all time in the state of Michigan and made threes. And we had a, we shot with our kids. You know, we always went out and shot and I rebounded. A lot of times that was my workout. But why do you let her shoot? Not my, well, she makes them. <laughs> well, how do I let my kids shoot? Well, then you have to become a good shooter. So the byproduct of the shot selection was we really developed a high basketball IQ. The kid had to learn, okay, I'm not open. I don't have a shot. I got to pass and cut. And then the byproduct was all three of our girls that were the guards on that team that were again getting beat in fifth grade, they became great shooters and they got college scholarships. So we said that the green light test became not just a standard to be able to shoot, but it became homework. It became a drive, and we had some very strong-willed parents on this team, but they wanted their kid to be able to play in high school and college also, and especially in girls. Shooting is so important. You know, uh, it's just so important. I helped coach my daughter's team at Dow High, and we're going to set a state record for three points made and have the highest percentage in the history of the state because we took shooting very seriously. And, um, but we also took shot selection very seriously and that to me developed our IQ. So Bob, tell me the green light test, man. Tell me what that is. I, our listeners are going to love it. Tell them what it is. Well, we have a couple green light tests that was a standard. One of them is you have to make five threes, or if you weren't a three point shooter, five twos. At the five spots, which is basically corner, wing, top, wing, corner, around Mm -hmm. the top, the five basic spots. And then they had to make five at each spot in two minutes with two shooters, one rebounder, um, one shooter, two rebounders. So you would just rebound, pass, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. And once they could get around in uh, two minutes, 
and then we shortened it as they got the eighth graders to a minute and a half, they passed the green light test. So in the green light test, they could shoot when they wanted to, when they were open. And then later we added another one, which is 10 misses. It's the same five spots. And they had to make a two until they missed, and they got two points for each two. And then they went to the three until they miss. So basically the same five spots, twos and threes. And if they could make their grade level times five, they had the green light test. And we had some kids that started shattering that and doing great. I, I think that's, uh, you know, basically you're, you're, you're making them prove competency, you know, to, to, to get that ability to shoot. And I think, you know, who can argue with that except a parent? But, uh, but, <laughs> but I think, I, I think it's great. Parents. But it, the homework concept, I think, is excellent. And so in the book, we have all these different shooting drills, the 30-point shooting drill, I thought, and all that. And, you know, the 10 misses, which I loved, you know. But I, I think that that was one of the things that right off the bat, I said, you know, if you can teach kids to take good shots and you can make good shots, that's, that's pretty good. All right. So now... One of the things that I thought was that was really intriguing was what you call the law. Tell people about the law. Well, you have to be low and wide. You know, so many kids get so they stand straight up. They play very unathletic. And it gets to the point where we had uh, violations. Um, and one of them was the law. They have to be low and wide. You know, they have to touch iron, peek, peek at the rim. Or when they touch the ball, they have to peek at the rim. We call it basket area vision or point guard college. We'll call it uh, touch leather, peak iron. But the law is they always have their knees bent. We would say all the time in practice, OMG, BYK. Oh, my God, bend your knees. <laughs> and kids just don't bend their knees. If right. we watch most youth practices, you know, we got coaches – yeah, I'll, I'll go on a rant and rave, but we're teaching them one, three, one, two, threes, quarter court traps, and they're playing standing straight up. Yeah. You know, and I say all the time, would you rather as a high school coach have your kids know how to be in a stance or execute a one, two, two quarter court press that they might never run again? So we went at the basics, um, what we call habits. We tried to build those habits from a very young age, but the law is low and wide. I thought that was excellent. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, with young people, with youth, basketball, and that's what we're really teaching today. And and I, it carries over, obviously, from from the last part of youth basketball in eighth grade uh, into high school. But, you know, coming through a camper, a basketball camper in the old days, and also then a counselor, instructor at a camp, that's how I learned how to coach, okay? And that's what most of us did back in the day. But I thought you used a really cool concept of sponges that you learned, you know, at good old Camp Wolverine in Michigan, you know. God bless to- Camp Wolverine. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think the equivalent of Camp Wolverine now, you know, is my friend Don Showalter's camp, you know, uh, you know, in Iowa, you know, Snow Valley. You know, I think, you know, those kind of camps we miss. But tell us what sponges stood for. And I think you, as a kid, you want to what? We want to soak everything up. You know, you want to listen. You want to be attentive. So we actually have shirts at our academy that if a kid is a sponge, and we say that we want them to be spontaneous, (laughs) 
that's the S. We want them to be like they're on a playground. We want them to be outgoing. We want them to call their teammates or their kids by their names. We want them to be generous, enthusiastic, and spirited. And one of the things that I wrote in the book that the most dull times I've ever seen is that a lot of youth practices, you know, is so boring and so dull that a lot of kids, they'll skip practice, you know, and our goal is to say, hey, we want our practices or our academy to be the best hour and a half of your life. Mm. And I'll say to them, what if basketball was your favorite part of the day? Wouldn't that be great? And all these little kids with their little eyes will look up and say, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> that would be so fun if we just came here and have fun and we're, we're energetic. And, you know, it's sort of my wife's a fourth grade teacher and she's always saying we're always teaching to a test. And she's, you know, she feels in the classroom sometimes she wishes they could be more spontaneous and have more fun. And I actually got off on a lot of tangents. My brother-in-law did a great job writing the book. But, I mean, I remember back to school, and I don't know if you do too, where we used to talk to the teachers and we'd laugh with the teachers. And they would talk to us about our boyfriends, our girlfriends, or what we did at the game. Um, we want to encourage our youth coaches to have the kids have more fun, mm-hmm. have them want to be there. Um, a lot of times, you know, we've talked about this some, but I think the parent has become like the Uber driver in the ATM machine. You know, they're just driving kids to and from practice. And the kids look at practice as something they do in between games. And what I tried to stress in the book to the youth coaches, practice is the most valuable time you can have. Don't waste this time. This can be the, the time that springboards your athletes. So we want them to be sponges. I love it. Uh, and, and you know, and then when I, I, I saw this, I, I just, you know, because I'm on Twitter a bunch and, you know, and God forbid we seem to have so many wonderful people that pass on and, and on Twitter, you know, we put an RIP, you know, next to someone when they pass. But your RIP is a little different than that, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> I th- but I love it. RIP stands for repetition, intensity, and precision. Explain. Yes. Yeah. Repetition. Like, I, you know, we talk to kids all the time. And now in our club, which we think, you know, is a good club with Michigan Fast Break, is that, you know, kids will sometimes, well, we do the same thing a lot. And right. our parents, well, repetition is the best teacher. Repetition is a great teacher. You know, we're only here two days a week. And, you know, repetition is important. And then intensity. If we can get the kids to do repetition with intensity, and then what we use the word is precision. So if I practice with the repetition, I'm intense, I'm getting a sweat. We always tell kids that a basketball practice should be your workout. A basketball workout should be a physical workout. You know, the NFL says play 60. I told my kids I didn't see any sense in you know, going and running five miles after you just shot, you can do this and kill two birds with one stone, if you would. So mm-hmm. we repetition, we like to practice with intensity, and then we chase precision. So I developed what we call a true shooting book, and we have six um, tests in that book. And we want them to p- improve their score six times in those six tests. And to do that, they have to be pretty precise. They have to get better. And so if a kid starts to like precision, I don't know if there's any substitute for that. 
That's you know, really they want good. to get better. They want to improve what they were yesterday. We always say the best person to get better at was you yesterday. So if I'm better tomorrow than I was to today, not even their parents should be able to complain. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're getting sure. better. I love the concept because I looked at it and I tried to say, and I'm, I'm referring to your the old coaching model. And I looked at it and I said, okay, I, I, I buy it. And then I said, the old man in the gym coaching model. I want you to briefly go through the the old because remember the, our audience who think they're you know they are they're very very good coaches at the high school college and pro level, but I want you to challenge them. The old coaching model is what? Um, the old coaching model, and I guess it's, if I'm saying it's, it I, right. it's IQ concepts, instincts, skills individualism, team improvement, and tactics, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I feel like those are the missing parts of it, the instincts, the feel, the concepts that um, are are missing in the game because we've over-organized the game. You know, mm-hmm. I say a lot of times we have over-organized, organized sport <laughs> at the youth level. So basically I'm saying to them is I can teach a fundamental inside of an instinct or a concept but i can't teach an instinct and a concept inside the fundamental when i watch a lot of youth coaches practice passing they're across the free throw line throwing a chest pass to each other right yes no or they're getting in line and they're doing that but i feel that has to happen inside of a scrimmage or inside of some kind of breakdown or a short-sighted game Mm-hmm. to where then we are all then coaching the fundamentals like i might call and i said in the book i got it from the great don meyer but we would do like a two-minute um clinic on chest pass or a flick pass thumbs up palms into thumbs down palms out pass the target stay with your pass look away and then we would go back into a scrimmage type situation or a short-sighted game where we're teaching those same fundamentals inside an instinct and a concept now when you do the old man in a gym coaching model explain the difference there to me almost looked like we kind of reversed it a little where all of a sudden tactics were on top of the ladder team improvement and yes most players they come out and the coaches want to win with tactics which i say is the disdain of the old man in the gym you know is a fifth grade trophy more important than a kid be developing as a player so we just reversed that ladder you know we taught it with instincts feel fundamentals concepts and then tactics tactics were last the youth model today is tactics first you know they'll teach them some fundamentals but they'll put them into tactics and then they don't even get to instincts until the very end of the ladder. But we put instincts and feel at the very bottom of the ladder and built up. And then we found if we did teach a play, although I will say in fifth through eighth grade, we didn't have any plays. We just ran a four around one. We didn't we, we took great pride in not having plays. But yes, we turned the ladder upside down. Yeah, I think it was great. You know, you have, give me your concept, and this is so much philosophy, Bob, about, and and this is where, you know, you know, I'm considered to be a good X and O person, et cetera, but I know I have to win their head and heart before I can teach them anything, okay? So 
in your incredible experience as a college coach, et cetera, and now going all the way down to being an incredibly successful youth coach, you're a subject matter expert on how to coach youth people as much as you were a terrific college coach. So give me, you know, a synopsis of, in a short form of how do you think, what's the best way to coach youth basketball? I believe that when we get 10 kids together, eight to 10 kids, because I started scratching my head and say, mm-hmm. really, what does youth basketball do for us? Mm-hmm. Well, in this day and age, it brings eight to 10 kids together. You know, our kids, like most parents' calendars, you know, we have five different colors for different kids and different events. And I touched mm-hmm. on it earlier, we're like a Uber driver. And the kid, you know, I could get Brendan Sir to come into town to teach my kids, and I could get 10 kids, and two of them schedules will allow it, you know, <laughs> if it's not during our normal time. Um, one of the things I put in the book is that, you know, kids are too busy to be good. You know, it takes time, and it's like a slower process. It's like a slow crock pot versus the microwave. You know, who ever said they got great by playing two hours a week? Uh, or doing anything for two hours a week. So my thing is once we got them together, I have to be the teacher. I have to be that old man in the gym that, you know, where the alumni would come back and watch us play. Or like we talked earlier about, if I was with at St. Cecilia, the guys in the gym, they just want to help the kids better. No matter what reason, they just want to help the kids. But they have to learn from playing and um what I call scrimmaging because the kids just don't do that anymore. You know, I don't know how it is in the town you live in, but rarely do I drive Mm. by a driveway where there's kids playing basketball, Mm. you know, our parks with gyms and basket or courts and baskets up. I took pictures of it because I've already started my second book of uh, grass (laughs) growing through the uh, cement, you know, kids just aren't out there playing anymore. Um, So actually, one of the stories that kind of inspired me to write my book, I was with a college coach, and he's watching one of his players playing at a Gus Macker, which is a Michigan phenomenon, but it's a great thing, and he was just so angry at the way the kid was playing. So he said something to him afterwards, and the kid said, Coach, this is the first time I've Mm -hmm. ever played outside, and this is a college sophomore. But I bet you if a lot of coaches ask their kids, do you ever play outside? And I think they're going to say no, a large sure. part of them, you know, the Rucker and all those things that we grew up idolizing and five-star, you know, where they're on the tennis courts. And those things are, are not as prevalent certainly today as they used to be or should be. You know, I think, uh, Bob, last thing I want to ask you, because the book is just incredible stuff. Talk about the lesson of the horse. And I think this is so important for coaches. Okay, I, it's a funny story, but I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, but you know, a because I know Stan Kellner, knew God bless him, knew him well. Uh, but I, I thought it was a cool story. Well, the lesson of the horse was what we try to tell to all our youth coaches, and we talked to them about basically, do you want to win the sixth grade championship or help the kid make the high school team? And Coach Kellner, mm-hmm. I used to work his Yes, I Can camps. I actually worked it in Brentwood when it was the Mitch Kupchak camp. And then a guy named Dean Lockwood and myself brought Coach Kellner to Wolverine camps. And he would start every camp with the story of the lesson of the horse. And this person wanted to find the secret to happiness. He wanted to be fulfilled and find the secret to happiness, and he was willing to do anything. So a wise man said, do you 
are you willing to do anything? The guy said, yes. He said, well, there's a wise man in a foreign country. And if you get to him, he can give you the secret to happiness. So the guy got on a horse, it's continents away, and he rode the horse. And Coach Kellner told the story much better than I could. But he rode the horse through fire and storm and wind and droughts. And he went for days and he kept riding the horse. So finally he got to the wise man's destination where he had to climb a great hill. He climbed the great hill. It was hot on the bottom, and they got up on top, and there was snow, and he rode, and he was exhausted, and the horse was drooping, and he went to the uh, wise man and pounded on the door, and the wise man didn't answer, so he really pounded on the door because he's been weeks and months riding this horse to find the secret to happiness, and then finally the wise man opened the door and he said, wise man, I've come a long way to find the secret to happiness. And the wise man slammed the door on him. And the young guy was irate. I, he pounded and kicked on the door and he opened the door and the wise man came back. He said, I've rode this horse. And right then the horse kind of drooped with exhaustion. And he said, wise man, I've come here to learn the secret to happiness. I demand that you tell me the secret to happiness. And the wise man pointed at the horse and said, learn the lesson of the horse. And that's what Kellner told all of us as coaches at his camp, is we're here to take the kids to their destination. The secret to happiness is to help somebody else find their dreams and happiness. And that's what I've kind of said as a model to help our kids reach a secret to happiness help them reach their destination. I, I think it's it's fabulous because I think that that's one of the biggest things. Um, you know, my definition of coaching is, you know, we to help players, you know, get where, the, you know, they can't get without us, right? It's the same thing. You know, take players where they can't take themselves, and, and that's what you're trying to do. I think it's a really important book, and if you're a high school coach and you want to start a feeder program – uh, you can use some uh, much of this stuff. If you're a high school coach, you want to help your own program or a college coach, especially with all the emphasis on individual player development. I think there's some really great tidbits here for you. Uh, the biggest thing is how, how can I get a hold of this book? It, you know, if I'm a high school college coach. Um, thank you, Brendan. You can go to coachad.com/slash/bob-taylor-book. And you can order the book um, on ebook or get a get a hard copy. They can also follow us on the Old Man in the Gym on Facebook. Yeah, it, it's ter it's terrific, and I encourage anyone that loves coaching, or more importantly, has kids. Uh, I have a great friend in Florida who often tells me, since he was a incredible, legendary high school coach, that. Every parent in the neighborhood who has someone third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade comes to him and says, how do I coach my kids? <laughs> Tell me what offense I should use, et cetera, and because he's an expert. And this is fabulous. This is really great. Bob, I'm really proud of you, man. This is, this is something that I think is, is really good and valuable. For, we have so many kids playing now, and I think this is something that can really help. I'm really praying that's the case. And like we've talked about earlier, the girls game, the numbers nationally are dropping off like crazy. And I'm a big believer in it's the way we're teaching the game. It's no fun for sure. these kids. And, um, you know, we got kids and refs aren't calling fouls and it's belly to belly and the kid doesn't know how to pivot. 
well, it's no fun. It's yeah. a foul fest, you know. And then they're getting yelled at, but they don't understand why they're getting yelled at. And uh, that, that, I believe that this can really help people. Yeah, no, that, that's fabulous. Bob, thank you so much. And uh, please, everyone, this is a book to get. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Bob, thank you so much. That was fabulous. And I, I think the one thing that I think, whether you're a high school, college, or pro coach, is what I've always said is uh, be open-minded, have a growth mindset, and learn. So when I read Bob's book, A, as a favor for him a couple of months ago to see, you know, what it, I was so blown away by some of the ideas that he had because of his influence through Don Meyer and other people who I respect. And having known him personally when I was coaching the Pistons when he was at Oakland U, I, I felt there was so much value in this. Whether you're a high school, college coach, individual workouts, so many things. We, we need to make sure that we coach our kids. And there's little methods there. And understanding that the real true purpose of coaching people is the destination of what we're trying to get them. And I think Bob does it well. It's one of those books that I would have for my feeder programs. Also, one book that you should keep in your office because I think what the old man in the gym does is it brings you back to basics. So till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. Brendan Sir.